What's up? It's Delaney, and I'd love to invite you to become an honorary co-host of the Self-Helpless Podcast. Do you want to pick episode topics and guests? Done. Want to surprise your loved ones with shout-outs on the show for a birthday, project launch, a much-needed divorce? Whatever you're up to, would love to be a part of the celebration. Get your favorite and least favorite quotes featured on the podcast, submit questions for our special guests, and find lots more new features and surprises at patreon.com slash selfhelpless. You'll also get added to our patron insider email list to easily redeem rewards via a quick email reply because we know hanging out on Patreon isn't everyone's thing. You can also opt out of emails if you prefer to be a silent supporter of the show. And don't worry, we do not Scrooge McDuck these contributions. 100% of proceeds go directly to operating expenses that make this weekly podcast possible and available to all. Learn more at patreon.com selfhelpless or simply click the link in this episode's description. Thank you for helping me fill the void of being the last standing host of the Self Helpless Podcast. Thank you so much. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Can you help? Can you help me? Can you help? Can you help? Can you help me? Can you help? Can you help? Can you help? Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Self Helpless. I'm Kelsey Cook. I'm Delaney Fisher. And today we are doing an episode on body positivity, which was a helpster's choice voted topic. If you want to vote on the topics we cover on the show, you can do so by joining our Patreon community at patreon.com slash selfhelpless. And we are joined by such a fantastic guest for this topic. We have on... Yeah, we have on Jessamine Stanley. She is an internationally acclaimed voice in wellness. She's a yoga teacher, body positivity advocate, and writer. Um, she co-founded The Underbelly, so that's where you can go and find unique and inclusive digital wellness experiences featuring yoga classes taught by her, uh, so many things to enhance your well-being. She has a book called Everybody Yoga, Let Go of Fear, Get on the Mat, Love Your Body, and she has this incredible following online and she does naked yoga classes and this has <laughs> totally changed mine and Delaney's uh idea of yoga where we're like I mean I know both you and I Del, do love yoga but I've never even thought of doing it naked and the yeah, benefits right. that can come of come from that I think are massive so yeah. Delaney and I are both excited to try naked yoga <laughs> <laughs> yes very I just love this whole conversation about just self-acceptance and self-love and it doesn't have to be yeah. butterflies and fucking rainbows all the time. Like I, I, lo I love the breakdown of, you know, body acceptance doesn't mean that you love every inch of yourself all the time. You know, it's yeah. like just allowing you to just be. Um, and then this concept of body neutrality, just, I just learned so much from, from this conversation and yeah, we all opened up about pretty vulnerable stuff. So it was a really yeah. just felt good for the soul. This yeah, one, you know, it, it feels like it came at a good time. This topic, I, I know I had some stuff to talk about with it. You had some stuff to talk about with it. And she just was an incredible guest. I think you guys are really going to love this conversation. Uh, this is coming out on June 19th. So I'm going to be at Flappers in Burbank this Saturday. I have a feeling like that show will be sold out by then because shows have been selling out like crazy lately which is so exciting thank you guys for coming out on the road it's it is my actual dream you guys are making my dream come true to be on tour with sold out shows in these cities it's just the coolest thing to see so i can't thank you enough i've got so many uh tour dates coming up outside of the show this saturday in burbank uh you can go to kelseycook.com see all of those upcoming dates i'm going to be in phoenix in july and um let's see dania beach florida in august davenport iowa just tons and tons so um, check it out. And I'm also hoping that by now, 
the hustler has hit two million views on YouTube because that's kind of what it's on track to hit by by the time this comes out, which would be so fucking crazy. Um, So if you haven't watched my special yet, please go watch the hustler on YouTube. Yes, that's exciting. Um, If you want to come and listen to another podcast, I got another one for you. It's called the Minimalist Business Podcast. You can find it at DelaneyFisher.com. And um, although I've been supporting a lot of mental health and wellness professionals in my space with their businesses and careers, um, after really like surveying my community over there and talking to so many of you, I'm definitely like opening some space kind of up for a little bit more holistic career consulting Mm. over there, which I'm really excited about. And there's a big interest in it. So I am doing that if you want to come on over. And so my podcast content is going to be kind of uh, transitioning a little bit too, where we're not as focused um, on that niche per se, but just career building and business building and how it all works together. Because I know for me, like building my dream career has not just about just been about running my own business. There's so much else that encompasses that. And so, um, yeah, I'm I'm doing another pivot. Who the fucking thug? Who did I just say? Who? What a fucking? Why can't I say that? I want to leave this in. Delaney Fisher doing yet another pivot. God, I exhaust myself with it, but. Um, yeah, it just feels like the right next move that I I'm zooming out a little bit and, uh, I would love to have you over there. So DelaneyFisher.com for that, that podcast. Incredible. Well, we are just going to go ahead and get right into our interview with Jessamine and we will talk to you guys in the outro. Jessamine, thank you so much for being here today. We are so excited to chat with you and all the fabulous things that you do in the world. My goodness. Y'all, thank you so much for having me. I'm honored and humbled to be here, truly. Oh, man. Awesome. Uh, well, we'd love to hear about if you have a favorite or least favorite quote before we get into all the other juice. I do. I have a lot of favorite quotes and I'm wearing a turtleneck right now, so you can't see, but I actually have them tattooed on my arms because <gasps> I like need oh. to remember them all the time. Yes. But yes. The, one, the one I would say is like the one that I would come back to the most is throw away yesterday today is a brand new day and it's from a sia song called the church of what's happening now i think of that like every day yes i love that it's such a good way to put it to throw away yesterday you know what i mean it's just like it's it's done we're not in it anymore it's so hard too because like i don't know about y'all but i just get so hung up on like things that I would change about the past or like, oh, if I could just go back. And like, I'll also think a lot about the future and be like mm-hmm. obsessively like, well, how, what can I do to make this thing happen? And it's like, you don't even need to worry about that. You can just be here right now. Yes. I, it's hard to remember that though, I think. Yes. Oh, I love the fact that you have them tat- tattooed on your arm. We've talked about that, like getting our favorite tattoo or quotes tattooed over our body. Did y'all um, see the movie Memento? Does that mean? Yes. That's yes. Yeah, yes. That, that was the vibe. I was like, <laughs> I need to get into this for my life. Yeah, no, yes. Yeah. I've wanted to be a human sticky note many times. Of oh, just yeah. like, <laughs> there are certain quotes out there that really, I feel like I need to see on a daily basis. So yeah, big fan of, big fan of the quote tattoos. Love it. Um, could we just start off with some, maybe some basics of like, what is body positivity and what is body neutrality and how, how does that relate to the movement that we are, that we're in and experiencing? Totally. I always think of body positivity as being like the younger sibling of fat acceptance and fat acceptance has existed since like the 60s, 70s. And it's really a movement to show that fat people deserve to exist and that we shouldn't have to apologize for our lives and for our bodies. And that there are a lot of different ways that systemically we put fat people down. So from that comes body positivity and body positivity is more general. And the idea is like, you're okay today. Everything about you is exactly where it needs to be. You don't need to change a thing. And that when you feel a sense of calm and ease with your body, then you can do whatever you want, but that you have to start from that place of accepting your body fully. And I would say that like body positivity, body acceptance, they all kind of live in this world, even body liberation, which is really like taking ownership of your body and feeling like a sense of freedom because you're, you're not seeing that your body is like attached to your parents, your family, your friends, it's not attached to the media that you own your body. And then body neutrality is like, 
you if what would happen if you just assume that your body is neutral like there's nothing mm -hmm. good or bad about your body it just exists mm -hmm. and then you go forward from that place but i think it's kind of like everybody brings beer to the party and it, it just doesn't really matter as long as you get to the party you know what i mean it's like it's all kind of the same idea it's not right i don't really see the it matter to me it doesn't matter that much like where you end up on it yeah gotcha no thanks for sharing all that yeah I think one of the hardest things that I have been feeling as I've gotten older is just really understanding that my body is different on a daily basis, sometimes even an hourly basis, depending on where I'm at in my menstrual cycle, what I've eaten that day, what kind of sleep I'm getting. And um, that's become harder and harder to just accept that no matter what I'm doing, it's going to look different all the time. Um, I, I talked on the podcast recently about getting an IUD a few months ago. and almost instantaneously it it made me gain weight and water weight and it just changed how part of my body looked like my my lower stomach and at a really hard time with that and i think the concept of body neutrality that you're talking about is so powerful to try and take away positive negative anything and just accept mm -hmm. your body for what it is and that mm -hmm. it's this miracle that's keeping you alive and I really appreciate you bringing up age because I feel like we really, the thing that is constant in life is change. Like your body is just going to change. Yeah. And it like, and there's so much gratitude for that too, because like, like, thank God you get to get, to get older. Like, thank God yeah. you get to live another day. But I think that we live in like a youth obsessed society so that it's really hard to accept that your body isn't the way that it used to be. And like, yeah. just being able to say, this is the engine that I was given for this turn around the sun. Like, it's not mm -hmm. that specific. It's literally just like, this is what I'm working with. I'm just going to take it as it is and go yeah. forward from there. And then everything is possible. Yeah. Yeah. Where do you think like the, I mean, I know, you know, patriarchy, uh, but where's, where's like the root of the fact that like, why is our self-worth so tied up into our, how we look versus why isn't it like our self-worth is wrapped up into like how much we contribute to other people or um, I don't know how much we learn on a daily basis. Why is it about appearance? So like, what is this mm. obsession we have about appearance? Mm. I mean, I know it seems simplistic to blame the patriarchy, but <laughs> I do think that there is so much that is just like, if we just compare patriarchy and matriarchy, like patriarchy is all about the exterior, whereas matriarchy is all about the interior. So that like, it's not even personal on patriarchy low key. It's just like, it's just the difference. It's a difference in thought. But I mean, I think that, um, we tend to look to one another for confirmation of our existence so that to be, to feel a part of the group, to feel like, um, to feel like you're connecting with other human beings. I think very often we prioritize that over any experience of self so that we end up finding that our entire identity is based off of how somebody else feels about us. And like, maybe they like what you look like. Maybe your partners, friends, family, whoever, like maybe they like what you look like and they confirm it. But if they don't, then for any reason, mm -hmm. then there's a feeling of fear of being culled from the herd. And I think it's really just, we're all seeking a sense of belonging and just want to feel connected to other human beings. And it's hard because this whole, there's so many different layers to this topic. And I think that to really accept your negative self-talk is to take a closer look at the people who are around you mm -hmm. and just wonder like, who's here do what do they say about me what do they say about themselves and that's the thing that i think we really miss um in the four agree have you all read the four agreements this is book yes yes we've done um, an episode on it totally oh my god love it. absolutely yeah. beautiful well then yeah. so the agreement of don't take anything personally really resonates for me here because it's like i think that when we feel judgment from other people like um too fat too short too whatever like 
we think that we're experiencing them looking at us, but ultimately we're always just getting whatever it is that they feel about themselves. So like if your friends say negative things about you, they're not actually saying them about you. It's really about, that's how they feel about themselves. And so even just being able to notice that, I feel like that is a really huge part of seeing how that negative self-talk really manifests in our lives. Mm. Yeah, I agree so much. And not just with the people in our lives, but what we're feeding our minds through social media and through ads. And I wonder if you've found anything helpful to try to combat that messaging. I I mean, I know that we can choose what accounts we follow and stuff like that, but God, it it is so pervasive. It feels like we are always getting inundated with whatever the new hot body, whatever the definition of hot is. It's like, it seems inescapable. Oh my God, literally. And I mean, I don't know. I think that there's a couple different things. One, I feel like any time that you're seeing somebody else on the internet and it feels like they're showing a version of life that belittles your own, I think there's something, there's a piece where you can remember like that person, they're just a human. They have whatever insecurities you have, that person has. And that's Mm -hmm. really big for me because like when I follow people, like there are people that I follow who I think would have a stronger negative impact on me. But sometimes I look at their stuff and I'm like, oh, I can see how you're like insecure or I can see where you're just, you know, trying to put on a show a little bit. And I think that's totally fine. Like we're all putting on a show. Are we not all putting we're on all a show for, on our, show. For, our, for our like stuffed animals? It's fine. This is Broadway. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Figure so, shit out. Yes. yeah. It's like, yeah, it's the show of figuring shit out. Exactly. So like, I just feel like we, um, like we connect I try to find that humanity in everybody that I'm following like whether it's Kim Kardashian or like my friend from high school I'm like yo y'all have the same insecurities that I do and that's okay but you know sometimes it hits harder so I don't want to make it seem like like yeah you know and then everything is fine (laughs) sometimes you gotta but then the next thing for me is really like curating the feed so that to like I'm kind of to a point with my feed where I mean to a fault because you end up missing stuff but there's so much that like I don't follow or like I intentionally unfollow and will be like and at this point I feel like it has to get really specific and like even if it's something that you're like yeah most of the content is fine but like sometimes this just really edges on my nerves like I'm just like unfollow I don't need this in my life like and it's no shade on whoever it is or whatever it is but right that but then the other piece of it for me is just like being really intentional about screen time and like when I'm looking at screens because I think that that the time of day makes such a difference to me like if I'm scrolling right before bed or first thing out of the bed in the morning it yes. totally fucks with my day. It's yes. like, I cannot, it becomes what I'm dreaming or what I'm thinking about all day. So yes. I'm like 8 a.m. to 6 p.m. Pacific time, we can look at this. But outside of that, I don't know. And it sucks though, because like, then I'll like miss content, you know? So I yeah. think it's just different for everybody. But like having those, having some kind of boundary in place to remember that like, yeah. I'm a human being and other people are human beings. That's the only way, because otherwise it's a mind fuck completely. God. Oh, thank you for sharing that. I think that's so important to remember how impactful that is to see social media the moment you wake up and right before you go to sleep. And it's a habit I'm trying very hard to break. And it's, it's so, so goddamn, hard. It's so goddamn hard. It's, it's such so an addiction. Yes. It's such an addiction. But man, it can really set the tone for my day depending on what I see in a negative way. Or yeah, like you said, give me weird fucked up dreams. Um, Literally. And I don't know if you experience this where it feels harder to curate on TikTok because mm-hmm. the algorithm is such that if you watch one video or like one video, it's like, hey, <laughs> let they- me give you four years <laughs> worth of content on this topic. <laughs> and oh <my> God. <laughs> I started, I in the last few months have gotten more into the idea of strength training and mm-hmm. using the gym in that way to feel stronger and more capable. And I've really enjoyed that, but I've had to tell myself, okay, the people you're seeing in these videos, this is their full-time job is mm-hmm. to be 
lifting weights in the gym to be a trainer to be this uh, personality on TikTok. So yes, it's great if you want to become stronger, become more fit in whatever way. But like, I have to keep reminding myself that can't be my goal is to look exactly like them because I don't, I don't have the time. Who's doing that? Literally. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Right. I don't want to live like that. Literally. I'm like, I feel like I can watch Serena Williams play tennis all day, but I'm only going to play on like every other month's Saturday. You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) I just feel like it's like, we all have the lane that we're in and it's nice whenever you can look at somebody's content and be like, wow, how, how great for you. That's so cool. What can I learn from you? Like, Mm -hmm. I don't have to be you. And I think that like, that's one of the really troubling things about followership in general. And this is something that I've struggled with as a yoga teacher and like having followership that I'm like, it's weird because it's like, are you trying to say to people like, be like me, do like me, or are you just sharing your life? And so if it comes from a place of like, oh, I'm just going to receive this person's truth, then like, I'll take what I want and I'll leave the rest because I don't need to be out here trying to like be the gym example is such a good one because that's something that I think feels really feasible. And it's like, no, but like if I just go every day and if I just do these routines every day, then eventually I'll be there. And it's like, God, no, who has time for that? Like they that's their job. That's their life, whatever. Love it for them, but not for me. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Love it for them. Yeah. That's awesome. But yeah, anyway, it's just everything you're saying. Yes. I'm curious just to learn like what kind of shifts or practices have made the biggest difference in your evolution of self-acceptance? Because now you do stuff like naked yoga, which oh. sounds fucking awesome. <laughs> and, like, how do you get to that point where you're like, yeah, there's complete acceptance and you just ooze confidence. So what kind of tools, strategies, books, anything that like got you to this place? Oh my God. Um, (laughs) (laughs) How much time do we have? Um, I think honestly, like there's a lot of crying, a lot of acceptance of very hard emotions. Like that I think is the thing that I've been doing the most. And I use yoga as my anchoring practice. And I think that having some kind of like daily ritual practice it definitely doesn't have to be pastoral yoga but like doing something it might be like running plus meditation journaling whatever it is but like just a container where you can hold the emotions because i think a lot of the time to feel confident enough to practice yoga naked on the internet because i will i'll just say like i've been practicing yoga naked i think as long as i've been practicing yoga but to do it naked on the internet is like have to accept that everyone's going to have opinions about it that mm-hmm. that uh it's going to be a lot to be seen and witnessed by people in that way yeah and it just brings up very hard emotions and we really live in a world that does not want us to experience hard emotions and actually i think that judges us for feeling hard emotions or we judge ourselves whatever however that circle works but i i think that like being able to say i'm just gonna sit with these emotions and i'm just gonna let them be there and i'm gonna cry and i'm gonna fall apart and that's just going to be okay. That is like how this has happened. But there are a lot of books that, you know, they're not necessarily books that I have read, but that I hear other people reading that have made a really huge impact on them. Um, the Body is Not an Apology by Sonia Renee Taylor comes yes! out first. Yeah. <laughs> like, we had Sonia on the podcast. Sonia <laughs> is everything like everything amazing and then the other i would say is pleasure activism by adrian marie brown and those two books are like they really go into the why and the how of decoding this internal all of these internalized biases and i think that i i just feel really grateful to be in community with those two writers and creators and i think that that kind of following people who do this work and who live this kind of path is all has also been really big for me um yeah yeah, and i think also um the practice of of recording myself and actually looking at my body has been huge and you don't have to put it on the internet and i do think that taking a photo or a video is really different from looking in a mirror and looking at your reflection. I think that being able to hold the moment in time and actually like acknowledge this is who I am. This is like, 
I can be present to this truth. And then looking at all the different pieces of yourself that you've been taught to be ashamed of and just questioning that not even it's not good or bad you're not you don't have to end up on the side of like i love my body i think that this is something that people think that that you're like that if you're confident in your body that you must love every part of your body and i just have not found that to be the case that's not my personal experience i find that i come i've come to peace with my body most of the time not all the time and that peace means that i hate parts of it and i love parts of it and we're just all here together. So yeah, anything you can do to make that kind of container for yourself where it's okay to be a human and to not be a robot and to feel shame and to be disappointed in yourself and to feel hatred, that I think is what will yield the biggest results. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit about toxic body positivity? Because it sounds like we touched on it a little bit just now, but yeah no body positivity can definitely go dark and it sucks because it's like it's never meant the idea is not meant to be judgmental but i think that there's something that happens where we we're like no that's not like that's you being mean about your body or that's body negativity you can't say that or that's not welcome here or like good vibe basically like good vibes only or Mm -hmm. like um like making it where there's some kind of hierarchy or a correct way to be body positive or to practice self-love and and i think there's also a piece where body positivity will be like siloed to be only about certain people or certain body types so maybe it's for like not that fat cishet white women but it's not for everybody else or like maybe it's for fems but it's not for people who are mask of center like there's just so many different ways that it can become very toxic very and i think that this happens with all idea all ideologies like anytime that there's like a big idea that can have multiple perspectives that there's the opportunity for many different views to be held. And I think that it's an opportunity for us to step beyond dogma and to say like, you know, there are many different ways to exist. Yeah. None of them, there's no right or wrong. And, but yeah, I definitely think that in the same way that body negativity can be really toxic, I think body positivity can be equally toxic. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, this is, I'm even like embarrassed to bring this up, but like I, I grew up, my, my natural body type is very, very skinny, but I have been made to feel kind of bad about that even growing up where totally. like the message is real women have curves and like not really having a whole lot of titter ass and stuff like that. And like now I got fake boobs and I'm sure it was yeah. a lifetime of being told that I wasn't a real woman without curves. How do you like walk the line with like being, um, you know, proud of, of your body and stuff, but also not alienating other people who maybe haven't mm. had it, had that kind of messaging towards them as well. Does that make sense? Oh my God. It makes perfect sense. And I also just wanted to say that, like, I really appreciate you being so vulnerable in that truth, because that is something that a lot of people experience. And I think it's one of the ways that body negative, that uh, toxic body positivity exists, where there's, again, like a hierarchy where it's like, there's some people for that, like that this message is lifting up some people and it's not for everybody. And it's just very interesting to me that regardless of what your body size is, we all have shame around our bodies. We all have trauma. And there's this bullshit hierarchy where it's like only one type of person deserves to feel the full brunt of their trauma and shame. So anyway, just, I appreciate that. But, um, I think that this isn't even necessarily like how I think that people should be, specifically on this topic i think this is how people should show up in general it's like don't judge other people why you don't have to judge anybody else like everybody can just do their thing and also you don't have to like lord your truth over somebody else's and it's hard i think when we're like trying to because i guess the situation is if you're like i'm body positive and i love my body and now i think that everybody else should too like why does everybody else need to why can't you just do it yeah and i think that there's a thing we look for again going back to like how we all want to be a part of the group like we're looking for confirmation bias and looking for people to be like 
to confirm like you're doing mm-hmm. it right. That's that's a good job. And it's like, what if nobody needs to confirm it but you? Maybe you are enough. Yeah. And then that gets actually to the heart of the matter, which is not about whether or not your body is good enough. It's about whether or not you think you're good enough just as a to exist. And um, I think that that's something that I just feel like all of this is so relevant. So like, because it makes it hard for, for the movement to really have a positive impact when it excludes so many people. So I just, I'm really here for this dialogue. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. It's good shit right here. Yeah. <laughs> this is yeah. so necessary. Yeah. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana. Where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. When you're talking about that we're all looking for confirmation and that feeling of belonging and approval, I feel like social media has poisoned our minds in so many ways with it, where I found myself. So I just went to Costa Rica on a vacation with Cute. my boyfriend and I, <laughs> I really, fun. love that. Yeah, it was so fun. Yeah. Um, and I realized on the trip that I have had this kind of subconscious thing going on where every time summer rolls around, I have been pushing myself and almost, almost punishing myself trying to get in this summer shape mm-hmm. so that if I have a photo taken of myself in a swimsuit that I can post it and get mm-hmm approval mm-hmm. and you know the classic thirst trap whatever oh, yeah. it is just mm-hmm. that feeling of people liking a photo making you feel like you are worthy of approval mm-hmm. in society or whatever but my boyfriend and I had had a conversation about okay what what do we feel comfortable with now in mm-hmm. our relationship like is that something that is going to make him feel comfortable for me to be posting uh you know like a a bikini photo knowing that there are going to be a lot of male followers leaving Uh potentially sexual gross whatever spicy this story is going so many places i love this absolutely yeah it's a vulnerable (laughs) conversation but i figured i would talk about it and i kind of thought about the same thing my my boyfriend's not the type to post like Mm. shirtless mirror selfies or anything (laughs) like that but i thought you know if he posted that how would and i saw a bunch of women commenting a bunch of stuff would that make me feel uncomfortable Mm. and we got to the point in the conversation where i was asking myself why is it important to me to want to post a Mm. thirsty photo like what Mm. what is in me that still wants Mm. approval from men outside of just my partner Mm -hmm. and i do think it's this weird thing where it, it just whatever you were saying previously was really sticking with me of like why can't we just approve of ourselves mm. why is that not enough yeah. man oh my god thank you so much for this vulnerability <laughs> i just feel like <laughs> that is so real and so relatable and this is a question that i've come down to quite a lot again like as a yoga practitioner i'm living this practice where it's like you need to look inside yourself like don't look outside look inside and mm-hmm. social media is exclusively about looking outside of yourself <laughs> like at the end yes. of the day i love the way that it's a journal ultimately and so that's the that's the thing that i'll always lean back on is like this is my journal i'm just putting myself out there and people will see it and do whatever mm-hmm. but i felt a lot of conflict around this and for me it has actually helped to learn about astrology because i learned that my i don't know are y'all into astrology is this yeah thing? yeah, yeah. Okay. No, we're not like we 
don't know that much about it, but we know our signs and, and I'm open to it. Very <laughs> curious sun signs and big three, if you know them. Like I'm Oh just, sure. Yeah. Okay. We're, we're both Aries, we Delaney. Oh, we're sun signs, yes. right? Oh, I, come on now. <laughs> Oh Aries is my favorite sign. I love that so much. A double Aries show, y'all are amazing. This is like my favorite thing. Ooh, y'all have gotten into some trouble. I bet. Oh, yeah, that's true. So fun. True. Oh my god, we should go out sometime. Anyway, yes, okay. yes, please. But so I um, it's helped me to learn about astrology because I have planets my primary planets are in like the 10th house which is all about putting yourself it's literally about like the public stage and public image and like so i'm like oh so it's just literally my calling in life to be seen by other people that's why i crave it so like that's the route that i went to get some kind of understanding of this because i feel you i think that there is a place where it's like yeah i'm posting it because i want to post a thirst trap because i would like for people other than you to look at this and to say damn looks good like i feel like there's nothing wrong with that and the only reason that someone would find something wrong with that is out of jealousy or insecurity or like your own shit, you know which i fully identify with absolutely i'm like very much a territorial person and it comes from my own insecurity and not feeling seen and so i just think that like I feel like we got to stop giving ourselves a hard time about wanting to be thirsty on the internet or like wanting to Thank be you. naked because it's like, yeah. we're all just still like little kids. Like, do you see my new bathing suit? Like, I'm yes. so excited, you know, like it's yes. a vibe. So I don't know. I just, I'm here for it. I'm Thank here for you. always. It's a chemical thing. It's, it's totally. an addiction and it is. I happen to have a lot, you know, my life is very public and in comedy you're trying to get a bigger following to get people to come out to shows and to see your comedy that you work so hard on. And so over time, the more followers you get, if you post something that is more thirsty, you do get a certain response to it. And it does trigger some sort of chemical release in your mind. Literally. So it was just a really interesting conversation in my relationship and a conversation with myself to be like, yeah, I mean, do like what 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 is the purpose behind this why do Mm. I feel like I still want to do this and I don't think there's a right or wrong answer I don't think that I'm right or wrong or my boyfriend's right or wrong for the feelings we have it just kind of is literally I feel like the question asking the question is the thing that's interesting it's like oh there's another way to think about this, huh? I'm still, I'm actively in the process of posting it, but I am thinking there are other ways to think about this. It's just like, you know, I <laughs> yeah. just feel like there's no like right or wrong way to live life. It's just yeah. always, it's always exactly right. Always exactly on time. Like it's always exactly the yoga that you need today. It's never, <laughs> it's never gonna be like, just that you're not doing it wrong, I guess. I would love to know why yoga became or how yoga became like your grounding practice and also hear about your book, Yoke and all that stuff. And a lot of the gaps that I'm sure you're filling that people do not teach uh, with yoga because of how, you know, Westernized it's become. So anything that you want to share around yoga in general. Totally. I really never was interested in yoga. Like I did not care about it at all. I thought it was just something that like thin white women do. And when I was in graduate school, I was going through a period of depression, which I'm prone to depression. It was not the first or the last time. But um, a friend of mine was like, you should come to yoga with me. You'll love it. And I was like, absolutely not. Because I had tried yoga once when I was in high school. And I was like, this is stupid like everything about this is dumb so i like but she got me caught up on a groupon and it was like what's the worst that can happen i'll go one time it's not a big deal but like i you know it will it will get you anyway but so i but i went and i remember thinking that like everything about it seemed impossible like every posture was hard the breath work was impossible like and also the type of yoga that i was doing had mirrors that you face a wall of mirrors and that gave me so much anxiety because i I really I didn't realize it at the time, but I was really like avoiding mirrors at that point in my life. I did not want to see what I look like. And um, so it was just basically being in the class was like my nightmare. Also, everybody I was like the only fat person, one of the only black people. And 
I realize though, in those first classes, just how often I tell myself no, like how much I say, like we would be practicing a posture and I would just immediately be like, I can't do that. This is, I'm not even going to try. And over time I started to notice like how, where else do I say this? How often do I say I can't do it? And it's not just on a yoga mat. This is something that I do or did all the time. And just being able to notice that and to see the ways that I decided who I was allowed to be, that's really why I got into yoga because it was a place where I was able to see myself more fully. And it wasn't like I was immediately really good at the postures, like legit, just to sit on my heels or to sit with my legs crossed felt impossible to me. But it was just like medicine that I could take. And even to this day, I think of yoga as like my medicine that I take. And Mm. I never intended to teach yoga. It was not an interest of mine at all. And um, people would, so I started sharing my yoga practice on social media because I wanted to connect with other practitioners. At that time, I was practicing yoga primarily at home alone. And so I wasn't sure like if I was practicing the postures correctly. So I would post photos of my practice just to connect with other practitioners. And what I noticed was that most people were just like, I didn't know fat people could do yoga. And I was just like, fat people can do literally anything. We do all kinds of stuff all the time. We just have a visibility problem. So I kept sharing my practice. And through that, people would reach out to me from all over the world asking me to teach them yoga. And I was like, bitch, there are thousands of yoga teachers. You do not need me to come teach you yoga. Like (laughs) I would recommend teachers and platforms. And eventually I did go to training. I really felt like I was being forced to. And when I went... I think of myself very much as like before YTT and after YTT, because what I learned during that process is that ultimately all of us are teaching and living some kind of yoga and yoga. We think of it as like postures and, um, and like exercise essentially, but yoga is really about the balance between the different parts of your life that don't make sense. And it's yoking. That's the my slang that I, the way that I talk about yoga is like, it's yoking. It's bringing together the parts of yourself that don't make sense. So that experience of like, actually having to accept who you are at the intersection of identities, that is something that everybody needs. And the way that I understand this practice is not going to resonate for everybody, but it might resonate for even one person. And if it can resonate for one person, then they can share yoga with another person. And then that ripple effect, that will help us start to live in a world where we move from a place of love and compassion as opposed to a place of fear. Right now, we are living in a world based on fear. Everybody is moving. Like you see it. I think the pandemic really threw it into a different light, but the level of warfare, the level of, I mean, just climate change, there's so many different pieces of this where we're just like very much in a fear scarcity mentality. And a way for us to start to shift out of that is to see all the different parts of ourselves and accept ourselves on an individual level and then accept ourselves on a global level. So that was the place from which I started teaching yoga. And I was really just like, Literally, I'm going to make a list of everywhere that people have asked me to teach. And I'm just going to try to go to all those places. And then once I've gone to all those places, I can get back to my regular life and not do this anymore. And when I went to make a list, it was essentially everywhere in the world. So I was like, okay, cool. You just got to like do a couple years. I just like travel around the world. No big deal. And I did. I mean, I've, I've taught all over the world, but I can't physically be in every place all the time. And so that's why I started the underbelly, which is a wellness community that you can access literally anywhere that you can stream content. And we have yoga and meditation classes that are meant to meet you where you are. It's a place where you can like fart and fall down and make a mistake and like everything is okay but um but also like not everybody is gonna physically practice yoga and so that's why i started writing books about yoga and my second book yoke my yoga of self-acceptance is about what happens after you start your yoga practice so my first book everybody yoga is about literally like how do you start a yoga practice and Like you could go from never having heard of yoga to like practicing downward facing dog by the end of that book. But 
it really only talks about the physical experience of practicing yoga yoke is about the internal experience and it's about what it means to accept those really hard intersections of identity and so i'm talking about like internalized racism slut shaming capitalism things that are like things that we i think as a society try not to look at but that live inside of each of us and so what does it mean to say i am racist what does it mean to say i'm fat phobic like what does it mean to look at really traumatizing experiences and look at every single piece of it and to come out on the other side and say i'm just a human being i'm i'm a spiritual being having a human experience so but yeah yoke is available literally anywhere the books are sold and it's on audible read by me the author oh incredible oh my gosh that is the coolest story of like you just started posting yourself and it you wound up with a new career it sounds like literally (laughs) that is exactly what happened that is so uh that's so powerful i do um i'm a business and career consultant in my in my other job And just that step of starting something just because it feels good to share, you feel called to share it for some reason, you never know what's going to happen to it. I'm curious to know what were you doing before that and like how that transition was for you into this completely new path that you probably didn't uh, predict for yourself. (laughs) You know, I totally didn't. And when I look back, though, I feel like everything was leading here. So like my undergraduate work is in film and video production, which is what we're doing it right now um, yeah. so it's like low-key yeah. um but then my graduate work what i was doing right before this is nonprofit arts management and i still i mean all of my companies are mission-based we very much i feel like we run like nonprofits ultimately okay picture this it's friday afternoon when a thought hits you i can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever or i can hop into my all-new hyundai santa fe and hit the road with available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. But um, when I was literally, so I had kind of a, a come to Jesus with myself through my yoga practice. Yoga unveiled so much for me and it showed me how I did not want to be in graduate school for nonprofit arts management. And so I technically am still on a leave of absence from graduate school, but I took a leave <laughs> to move to Durham County, North Carolina, which is where I've lived for the last decade. I'm now in Northern California, but um, when I was in, when I first got to Durham, I didn't have a job. I didn't have a plan. Like I was just like, huh? And I did actually have a plan to go to culinary school. So this is a lesser known Jessamine fact is that I have uh, an associate of applied science and culinary arts. And I went because I was just like, I've always wanted to do this, but it seemed like I couldn't. So I'm just going to take the chance. And um, while I was in culinary school, I worked at a restaurant and I worked as a evaluator of, um, of examinations, specifically written exams. So basically, I would sit and read essays, like a hundred essays a day um, that were all about like, who even knows? It was like (laughs) 11th graders in the state of Virginia, their like state written exam. (laughs) You like read a hundred essays. Then I would go to my restaurant job at night and um, it was a hustle. And it was something that I, it was deeply inspiring to me. I learned a lot through that process and I see so many parts i mean even just i think that a lot of my work at this point is just interpersonal communication (laughs) like a lot of building a team like this is just 
talking to people and being in meetings. And I learned so much through those experiences that are like invaluable in the work that I do now. And when I started teaching yoga, I like literally just started teaching pay what you can classes in the park. So I would do like pay what you can's, I guess I did them on the weekends. And then I did private classes through the week. And then most weekends though, after <laughs> pay what you can, I would drive or fly or take a bus or a train to a location and teach. And that was how I ran it for years. And wow. I feel like, mm, I think that sometimes when you're like on the path, it'll seem like this doesn't make sense. Or like, how does this go with that? Or like, this doesn't work. But when I look back, I'm like, I needed every single part of that random education. I needed all of those jobs that are not what I'm doing right now to do exactly what I'm doing right now. Like I couldn't yeah. have done it without that. Oh, I love that. I feel the exact same way. And it's just yes. so nice to hear somebody else's like, you know, all the transitions and pivots you made to get to this point. I just, I get really excited by that stuff. Me so. too. Totally. Oh my God. Same. Yeah. Yeah. Else, any Can questions? I ask you a little more about the naked yoga aspect? Please. Cause I've never heard of naked Please yoga. Yes. And, uh, why is that maybe more impactful for people? Um, more liberating. What do you love about it? So I, I pretty much exclusively practice yoga naked. And I realized that like, I just put on clothes to take pictures for Instagram. So I was like, we need to be talking about this more, frankly, because yeah. if you are practicing yoga, even not even necessarily naked, but when you practice with fewer clothes on, you can actually engage with your body in a way that's really hard if you're wearing clothes. And there's just an access of freedom of physical movement that then translates to an access and freedom in your spiritual movement as well. So that you're able to just get deeper into the postures and have a deeper connection with yourself. Yeah. And I think that especially if you've ever felt ashamed of your body, it's a really healing practice to practice yoga without clothes on. And what's really cool about teaching, you can practice yoga naked with me on OnlyFans and you can get to that on my website, justinstanley.com. But what's cool I think about practicing it online is that you can practice in the privacy of your own home. You don't have to go and nobody has to look at you naked except for your dog or your kid or your partner hey. or whoever else is there. <laughs> right. But like, but they, maybe they, Maybe that's fine. I don't know. Like, yeah. I, I feel like being able to have a private space to yourself, though, where you can like do that deep healing work, like crying over whatever somebody said about your belly when you were in fourth grade or like like thinking about the shame that you put on yourself for your chin or whatever the thing is that you were told to hate about yourself making a quiet, safe space where you can find respect for yourself is invaluable. And it shows up not just on a yoga mat. And it's not just about like your exercise practice. It's about how you show up at work, how you show up in your relationships, how you show up with your children and how you show up as a human being. Yeah. Mm, I cannot wait to try naked yoga. I know. Oh, I'm excited. Yes. You have right all after. the tools right now. Literally, you're yeah. good to go. <laughs> Love that. You mentioned that yoga became this tool for you to kind of make you aware of how often you were saying no to yourself. Mm -hmm. Could you share an experience of how that translated into another area of your life where you caught yourself in a moment of saying mm -hmm. no and then what you did in that moment differently? Oh my goodness, how many moments. <laughs> I feel like it's something that happens to this day. I think that um, there's a lot of different ways, and this is probably, this is what's gonna be more current for me. There's a lot of things along the way, but um, I notice the ways that I have decided who I'm allowed to be in a professional sense. Like what is, what are the places that I'm allowed to show up? How am I, how is it okay for me to be seen? And they're just these very subtle no's that you don't even, I don't even question. I'm like, well, yeah, obviously. Like, and I watch people do it all the time. And it's particularly devastating with my loved ones who I'm like, you're so much more than this, but you've decided, you said, no, I, that's all I can do. That's plenty. I can't do more than that. And what's crazy about this life is that you can do anything 
anybody can do anything. It really doesn't matter. And we just decide based on whatever it is that we can't. And so, okay, let me get like very specific. The first thing that comes up is like magazines. And I'm thinking about like being on the cover of Cosmopolitan and Self and oh, I'm sighing like, oh yeah, no, that's things. <sighs> but like, but these experiences of like being in front of people in a way that is very scary and I think is very lonely and more yeah more than anything it's just very lonely and there's a big part of me that says no to that and then there's a part of me that's like who's really saying no is that somebody is that like a voice from your childhood is that like your uh like your perception of your first grade teacher and you're thinking that like maybe they think that you're not good enough is it that boy that didn't acknowledge your secret admirer note in seventh grade Stephen McQuaid I've never forgotten like, <laughs> like is it like whatever the thing is like is that who's saying that because actually I think you're like lit stoked to be on the cover of a magazine actually like I think you're yeah. actually fine I think you need to chill so like yeah. moments like that where it's like okay and I mean even like thinking about writing everybody yoga and even thinking about um just what it has meant to promote it and share it with people. I definitely felt a lot of shame because I felt like I'm not good enough. I don't deserve this. Like there's something wrong with me. I shouldn't be here. Somebody else should be doing this. And just noticing all of that. It's not even about like really consciously shifting the idea. It's just noticing. And then being like, is that really how I feel? Or am I just telling myself no, because again, like because of that thing that happened in ninth grade or like because of like that one time that I didn't finish that project or like, you know, whatever the thing is, whatever the story is mm -hmm. that gets embedded very young, just noticing it for me has been really helpful. Do you have any advice within relationships if your partner struggles with body image and body positivity and how to support them and I, I, it's it's such a hard and delicate thing I think in relationships when your partner is somebody that struggles with it that's a really good question and I appreciate you asking that I think that's something that like it's just hard because it's like we're trying to figure out ourselves and then you're like you have a partner too that it's like oh shit i gotta worry about you too so yeah. that's my first thing is like trying not to um trying not to let codependency become the thing that like dictates how you're going to respond to another human being because like I feel like it's really hard when you take on the emotions of your partner and you're like, how, how can we feel this together? How can we shoulder this together? And it's like, mm -mm, that's your stuff. That's your stuff. And it's no shade, but that's yours. I, what I can know is that if I'm living my truth and if I'm going back to my, my patterns, my practices, my rituals, for you to be near, to be close together, that's enough. And I think that to be, really affirmative of your partner always trying to say the loving thing being truthful and honest and authentic but always trying to be loving is like never goes amiss mm -hmm. and like not not trying to fix everything for them like not trying to like or like correct them or be like like there's no you're beautiful don't say that or like like don't say like don't belittle or diminish their experience or like gaslight them it's like let them have their body shame and say your truth and be like i think you're fucking gorgeous so literally whatever it is that you're like you you can yeah. feel that way you feel that way but like this is how i feel and i think about this a lot because i frequently um i have so i'm polyamorous i have multiple partners and i have multiple partners who have like they have their body shit mm -hmm. and um I just feel like not making their shit my shit and knowing that a part of my shit is loving them and mm. that 
what I can offer them is that unconditionally. Yeah. That's just where I stand with it. Yeah. I think that's super healthy. Absolutely. Is there anything that you can leave us with that we can be more mindful of around this topic, whether it's in conversation with ourselves or other people, whether it's practical tips or just, yeah, mindfulness tips, anything that you want to share? Oh my God, that you matter, that you exactly as you are, you matter and you're here on purpose and whatever it is that you're dealing with, whatever feelings you have about your body, whatever dissatisfaction you feel in your life, it's happening on purpose because you can handle it and that you were made for this That every, and that we need you exactly as you are. We need you to show up as you are so that we can all shine together. Gosh, your you. word just they get right into the soul. They get in there. They stay in there. I, I was trying to it. take up. I, I really was like, how can I burrow into you? <laughs> That's what I was trying to do. Word. Oh my gosh. And where can people find you, your work, all of that? Where can they do all that good stuff? You can find me at my name is Jessamine on social and at Jessamine Stan on like TikTok or Twitter. And you can find me on my website, jessamanstanley.com. And you can practice yoga with me on the underbelly at the underbelly.com. Amazing. Oh, yes. Have my phone. I'm opening Instagram to follow you right now. Yay, Incredible. Cute. And awesome. I'm about to do naked yoga. I'll let yes. you know. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, we, please keep me updated and informed on all fronts. Y'all are amazing. <laughs> thank you so, so much, much for coming thank on the show. Yeah, thank, thank you for you, having Jessamine. me. This was so awesome. Oh yes. my goodness. Y'all are such a joy. I love that conversation. Jessamine is such like a calm, powerful energy, right? Yes. Yes. Well, I love episodes where we end up, at least for me, opening up about stuff that I wasn't even planning on getting into this episode. But sometimes that's what the guest brings out because they're just so accepting and, and make you want to get into those sort of conversations. Yeah. I felt like everything just felt very grounded and calm like Mm -hmm. I just always appreciate when somebody has the ability to just make me feel comfortable and relaxed just just upon meeting them I think that's I can be challenging to do but yeah I I just I loved I loved that conversation um let's see we do have an iTunes review of the episode this is from Stites or Steets perhaps it says good shit with the poop emoji (laughs) it one of our segment names uh funny and relatable while they openly admit to not being experts on many of the subjects they discuss true True. they drop some serious wisdom born from their own experiences oh that's awesome that's very nice thank you so much if you want to leave a review go ahead and go to the itunes click some buttons you might get right on the show baby get a nice shout out we'd really appreciate that yes please uh del do you have a segment um, I have a kind of a bad shit or the fuck moment. Um, our, so when I was enjoying myself uh, in Catalina, Catalina Island the other day, um, one of our to- one of our cars was getting towed off of the street. Cam like went out to the street, did not see our our car, and apparently I grew up in California and I have never heard this ever. If you leave your car parked on the street, even if it's outside your apartment or home or whatever. If it's on the street, it can get towed if you don't move it within 72 hours. <gasps> what the fuck? What? I'm like, we live here. We live. We, what? we Somebody t- towed our car and we literally live 10 feet away from it. How is that? How oh, is that illegal God. to do? And we also like, we're on a street that has apartment complexes and homes and townhomes. It's like, not everybody has the, um, the, the, what do you call it? The garage space. Right. That- most homes do in in other areas and so we were just so dumbfounded that we had never heard of that and especially because I was born and raised here and that's never happened and we have left our car for way longer than that without any issue as do most people who think that they're fine on the street that they live so yeah $400 later for getting our fucking car out of the yeah out of what do do they even call it the tow shop I don't know what it's called yeah so I'm that so was sorry. That's okay. I'm just like I just think it's more stupid than than anything. It's just a dumb rule. Yeah. Oh my god, I've never oh, heard what? of that. So yeah, be careful uh, whether you're a Californian or not. Even if you visit here or whatever, just uh, I guess move your car every couple of days. 
we're just going to move our car like 10 feet up, like, uh, you know, just to a different location. I mean, it's so, it's just so silly. Like, okay, we're spending our time on that, but not other things that we could be focused on. So anyway, that was my, that was my car towing rant, but yeah, I just, it's a PSA for anybody who lives out here. People need to get a fucking life. I know. And I'm like, did somebody complain about the car or was it just somebody's job to take a look at the cars that day? And then the next day, I don't even know how it works, but I'm sorry. I'll get you. It's okay. Yeah. We've had bad car luck, both of us lately, because I got rear-ended. I talked about it. Yeah. I talked about it briefly at the end of one of the episodes a few weeks back, but yeah, dang, nothing will shake your day up. I mean, literally like that. It just, you're just sitting there. I was just sitting at a red light. This girl not paying attention slammed right into me. It's the worst feeling. It's horrible. Oh, it's scary. Yeah. Yeah. And it's scary. Very scary. But, you know. Um, we are going to save my segment for a later episode because I want to talk about Love is Blind, but Delaney still oh. has to finish the reunion. And granted, when this, by the time this comes out, it will be a little bit of yesterday's news, but I still think if you're a big fan of Love is Blind, it's just fun to talk about it whenever. So Delaney and I are going to talk about it on, on an upcoming episode. Yes, it is garbage and I love it. And I I think, was I the one who got you hooked on Love is Blind? You did. You did get me hooked on Love is Blind. But you know what? It's like some people stay together. So I love it. it Really garbage. We don't know. No, I Um, love it. But yeah, I uh, I showed up on Sunday evening to watch it live and then saw some kind of tweet. Somebody sent me a tweet from Netflix saying that they were not releasing it. So uh, I'm, I'm halfway through the reunion because, you know, I showed up on on time and they didn't. So, yeah, hey. do yeah. a little extra work now. Catch up. Mm-hmm. I'm excited well, to chat about with you with you. Me too. They did release it, but they had they it was like a live stream. And they had technical difficulties and all kinds of stuff. So then they took it down and oh. edited it and then put it back up. So there was a period of time where you couldn't access it. Look, nothing needs to be live. Just film it, edit it? it, and put it out. Like, why do we need this? We don't need things to be live. No. What is What needs to be live ever? Nothing. No. Nothing. No. Doesn't Just make what, any more, difference. No, more room for errors and nerves for people and mistakes. Like, just yeah. film it and give it to me. When you said you were gonna. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) God damn it. Yeah. TBD on the love is blind, baby. Yeah. Uh, All right, guys. Well, hopefully see some of you helpsters in Burbank this weekend at Flappers and at other tour dates coming up. And that's all I got. Awesome. DelaneyFisher.com for uh, my podcast over there. If you're looking to build a career, business, you know, whatever it is, just holistic career uh, guidance over there have a lot of awesome guests on to share their wisdom as well we'd love to have you over it's free it's private delaneyfisher.com sweet all right guys we love you we hope you have a great week bye Bye. thank you so much for listening to the self-helpless podcast you can find our patreon community merch and our individual work at selfhelplesspodcast.com We'd be thrilled if you shared this episode with a friend or feel free to post it on Instagram and tag at self-helpless podcast so we can repost you and say thank you. 